Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. This is Dale Jr. and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. Outside, door, bumper, clear the 18. Best car I've had here in a long time. You're going to do it. You're going to win it. Right with you. You're clear. Check the flag. You win. Oh, yeah! Hey everybody, I'm TJ Majors, fresh wrecked out of the Daytona 500, <laughs> I spot for the 88 Cup car, 7 Xfinity and 29 truck. Is there a race that you didn't wreck out of? Yes, the truck and the Arca race. Arca. Yes, Arca. I'm not doing that bad. It's not as bad as it looks. 50%? <laughs> uh, I bet it's 50%. I spot for Elliot Sadler, Clint Boyer, and my highest finishing non-wrecking driver, Myatt Snyder. Actually, we wrecked three times, but we still finished. Yeah, I was going to say, I I looked at your fender that one time under caution. So Crazy weekend. How are you, Miss Kristen Bauer? I'm great. Yes? Yes. You look wonderful this morning. Why, thank you. You look more professional than normal. (laughs) In the meanwhile, I'm not looking professional. So, Brett is wearing the last set of clean clothes from his luggage, and that includes... Flip flops. I'm wearing flip flops and a polo, a pretty polo so, shirt. Though. I'm pretty sure you got on me the first few episodes saying I wasn't dressed up good enough. Yeah, now yeah. look at you. Well, so here's what no, happened. No, 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 no. <laughs> I landed last night and was informed that my ten year old had a fever. So I am a germaphobe and refused to go home. So I went to my buddy Dave's house. We built a fire. We sat out by the lake in forty degree weather. Dad had some here. Dale's Pale Ale. Ooh, Kristen, good, good. supporting the sponsors. And woke up this morning, and I smelled like campfire. <laughs> so I had to dig through my clothes, and this is all that was left. Where were you going to wear this ensemble in Daytona? I wasn't. This is what's left. So this is like a shoe from when I would have gone on the beach, <laughs> a shirt from when I would have gone to a nice dinner, and these pants, I'm not I'm, I'm not sure that I didn't wear them. And <laughs> what about underwear here? Yeah, I don't have any underwear. <laughs> <laughs> Slick Willie. Commando. Everything so. on TJ is gray. Yeah, I know. I grayed out Monica today, except for the black polo. And TJ just informed us that his little girl is throwing up everywhere. So Kristen and I are cuddled up on one side <laughs> of the room. We look like we're on a date, and TJ's the third wheel in the show. They today. blow out this studio. True. The couch is three times as big, and we are occupying one cushion. We're Siamese look, twins over here. <laughs> this couch looks like it's straight out of a 70s adult film. I, I mean, it. Shag carpet. It, it, I mean, yes. <laughs> yeah. I will say the uh, Exalta studio is looking really nice now, though. It's roomy. It is. We could yank guests in here from the, yeah. from the store over here. We could do all kinds of stuff now. Yeah, we I could. Mean, I have a dog chewing a bone on this couch with us yeah. right now. I, I bet one main financial finance the studio <laughs> because we all know Dell Jr. is running low on cash. <laughs> I'll bet Exalta painted it. Yeah, I bet. Are we live out in the store? Okay. We're live. Mm. 
Is wow. anybody here? Is anybody in the store? Millions it's of people. <laughs> There's this look-alike Dale Jr. thing that freaks me out every time I see it. Yeah. Oh, the Madam Tussauds We're live, wax Renee said. We're live. <laughs> Renee said keep the swearing to a minimum. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, the, and also, like, every time you take an animal in there for the first time, like, <clears throat> he, like, they'll bark at it. They think it's real. Yeah. Like, women, like, old women have went in there and be like, oh, the, hey, there's Dale Jr. Yeah. And it's not really him. It's freaky. <clears throat> it is a little freaky. Well, it's completely um, down to, like, his <clears throat> fingernails and his eyelashes, Dale Jr. Yes. Really? So freakish. A wax figure. So, a little creepy in there. A little creepy. So, everyone. How was your Daytona? Daytona? Did you do anything crazy? Any hospital visits? Anything? <clears throat> I did have a episode Are you serious? Friday night. Yeah. Really? Yeah, we went to the Oyster Pub, and I got a little sick because everything in there is fried. But I thought I'd be okay with a salad, and I wasn't. So you always think you're going to be okay. What I haven't happened? been to the Oyster Pub. Where they fry years. the salad? <laughs> did you get a rash? No, I just I had to take a bunch of Benadryl <sighs> for my throat. Did you go to sleep after? <laughs> yeah, Kelsey, our PR girl, she's at my emergency contact <clears throat> on the road, so she comes and stays. Do you with feel me. hungover after you take Benadryl? I do. I wake up and I have to just mainline coffee because I'm in a it. fog. I hate Benadryl. So it wasn't you, – you tried to make it bad, but it didn't get too bad? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's better than Proactive. normal. At least yeah. you're here today. I'm here. Hey. Here. I mean, last year you took yeah. about you took about three weeks off in the beginning. Well, you know, that'll happen. <clears throat> How was your Daytona, TJ? Full of uh, – I flooded the sheet metal market. <laughs> that's, that's that's a fact. Um, Are you they know, taking it, that car <clears throat> to the cemetery? Uh, which one? Well, you got to refer to what race you're talking about <laughs> Justin's here. Justin's or Dale's? Uh, I don't think the 88 will go there. It's not too bad. Just enough damage where we couldn't get it fixed in the five-minute clock. So uh, Justin's car, I think part of it might still be in the wall. Um, <clears throat> I that saw that a- car in the garage when I came back to get something, and I didn't know where the transmission was. <laughs> Yeah, it was that. That was uh, one of the scarier wrecks that I've been involved in, and, and um, honestly, uh, you know, a lot of these wrecks weren't weren't really caused by nothing had to do with the length of the race or the stage. It was just people making errors, drivers making mistakes. So whether you want to call it like stage racing, or I don't care if there was fifty to go or two hundred to go, that <clears throat> the wrecks that I saw a lot were were driver induced, like mistakes they were making. So. Um, you know, and it tore up a lot of cars, but I was glad to finish two of the races. Well, if you include the duel, I'll take that one. I think um, I beat you in every race this week. <clears throat> yeah, no. Where'd you finish in the truck race? Third. Oh, okay. So you beat me there. I finished tenth. Where'd you finish in the duel? I you, beat you. Yeah, you got. You followed second. that line by. I finished second. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, they, you the the seas parted correctly. Xfinity race, we wrecked, but I wrecked after you did. Yeah. Cup race, I wrecked, but I wrecked after you did. Yeah, but I wrecked while leading. <laughs> I beat you in three out of four. That ain't bad. Yeah, but how Brendan do? Brendan beat Brent. You won. So you won the one that mattered, I guess. Yeah, yeah. This is that's a big one, man. That's he finished tenth, right? I know. It's crazy. I couldn't wait to get here. Just how if many you saw cars that. weren't tore up at the end of the day, Tony? Five. Thirty-five out of forty cars had damage. Damn. <laughs> five. Five were fine. Five cars were not damaged. You know, in the first half of that race was clean kurt bush wins a plate race with no mirror you tell me a spotter isn't a big deal i'll kiss yeah. everybody's ass at the racetrack with he 30 won. to go that, that's 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 a tense time man that's huge yeah was the and i was we were all on the plane already uh and we're sitting there and and this guy in the very very back of the plane i apologize i don't know a lot of guys on my team yet 
but he is screaming, and you can hear the audio from his phone barely. You can't really tell what they're saying. He's screaming, Kurt Busch is going to win, and everybody thought he was kidding. You know, <laughs> cell service was crap because Sprint's gone. So our, none of our phones work, you know, that yeah, well. Yeah, didn't work. No, mine was junk. But anyway, of course so I was 40, the whole plane goes, air. 50 people on a plane go bananas. That was pretty cool. Cool, cool atmosphere. But was it a good, good finish, Josh? Yeah, it was a uh, really good finish, actually. It was a pass for the win. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, yeah. Kurt Busch only led one lap, but it was the lap. It wasn't like a pass for the win win. I mean, it was like it a – was, It was a pass for the win. <clears throat> but it wasn't like he ran up there and they were side-by-side side coming mm-hmm. along. But uh, the ending was good, though. There was drama. Yeah. What happened you with didn't Chase know. Elliott? He, he ran did. out of gas. Yeah. Ran out of gas. Same thing with Larson. He had to switch to that little Casey, reserve. And Casey sputtered off a four, off a two as well. He, yeah, he was sitting in a good little spot there. and right. he, was, he was third. Yeah. I, I honestly thought Larson was going to take it, and then he uh, he tried to block when he ran out of gas, and that didn't work. Yeah, yeah, they. So that's how I saw Kurt made the move to the left, to the inside, and Larson blocked him, and then Kurt just drove around him on the outside. Mm-hmm. So that's why he was he was having fuel issues. Yeah, I will say. Uh, why did that turn into a fuel mileage race? Because uh, they all – so you're trying to pit as early as you can. We, we treated it like a freaking – we treated every segment like a freaking road course. Yeah, you're trying to, you're trying to pit as early as you can. That way you're the, la- that you're the first one to pit, and you'll be the last one out. So when it cycles, you're going to be the leader. So. Well, and the other, the other thing to that, the advantage to it is, the real <laughs> thought process is, when you look at the Toyota teams, they were the first to pit. They, when they hit their fuel windows, they pitted. What they're banking on is there will be a caution – Everybody else will pit under caution. They'll come out behind you because you won't pit again. You can get to that next window, and then you're the leader. That's what they're banking on. But we didn't see a lot of that. No, it, 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 it honestly, honestly, it was hurting them. I think they were, <clears throat> and that were when we got in that wreck. They were, they were in trouble because once we pulled off, a lot of cars in that group were going to pull off, and they were going to be there by themselves again, running slower lap times. And we were, we were sitting pretty good. So and that's the other thing when they're out there, you know, five of them in a line. They're running fast, but the pack is running faster. So the longer yeah. it goes, the bigger risk they're in. But the thing is, these engineers come up with all these formulas to say there's a 69% chance they do. that we're going to wreck in the first segment based on history. There's a 42% chance they're going to wreck on lap 88. Like, the engineers compile all this data. So Toyota is literally running the strategy of their race stole solely on statistics. Right. Yeah, and it doesn't help when two of them speed the first time on pit road either. No, man, that really hurts too. Suarez so. and the fly- he, and the he ran a terrible race. And the twenty, he he did. He had a terrible race. That was not good. Yeah, no. he didn't. He didn't have a very good race at all. And yeah. twenty sped that first run too. So um, that didn't that ruined half their group. So mm-hmm. that's a lot of speed. But yeah. Anyway, we got a good show today, Kristen. We Josh, do. y'all compile a good show. You guys ready to go into spot on, spot off? Let's do it. All right, Brett, you're going first. Spot on, spot off. The duels. <sighs> got to say, spot off. You know, I'm I'm a big fan of history, but I think the duels have run their course. We we got 38 out of 42 cars are already locked in the Daytona 500, so we realistically ran two races to determine the fate <laughs> of four cars. The field obviously gets set based on this race, but I, I just feel like we only sold 12,000 tickets to this race. What? Yeah, it, the stands were empty, and, and I just feel like this thing needs an overhaul. And, and I'm anti-change. I mean, just you, you guys look back at what we've said on the show for over a year. We don't promote change a lot, but I feel like these races or the purpose of these races needs an overhaul or just go away. Are you done? Yeah. Jeez, uh, I'll go spot on with the duels. It's I, I like the part of it. I used to 
I used to listen to them in class. Like I like the fact that they were during the day running at the same time as the 500. I'm not a fan of the night duels. I like getting up on Thursday, going there. And it didn't mean more. He's right when there was more cars that had to race their way in. But when you only got four guys, it was still exciting uh, for those guys. But it wasn't as much. You know, when remember when Brad pushed his brother in? There was more cars back then that were trying to get in, and it was there were more storylines behind it. Like, you know, Brad got shuffled back, so he got behind his brother and pushed his brother way to the front, and his brother made the race. Huge deal for a tiny team. Absolutely. Now you only have a couple of them, and you don't even really hear about them. You know, you don't even really hear about, well, this guy made the race, this guy didn't, and then it's, you know, it's moved on. But I like the duels. Um I think uh, it gives us all a good idea. I think we need something like the duels to find out what our cars are going to be like for the 500, for a better race. If we'd have ran it during the day, I'd have been spot on. Uh, <laughs> but but we yeah. didn't. And, and we didn't learn anything for the Daytona 500. It, it, I don't know. I'm, I'm spot on for day duels. I, I'm spot on for a duel, any race during the day. Like I don't, I don't like the night racing duel, though. It doesn't do anything for us. Yeah. So he's spot on, but he's really spot off. Yeah. <laughs> I'm both. <laughs> spot on, spot off. Stage racing across all three series. Man, I I I kind of liked it. Yeah. Spot on. I mean, it makes the races. Obviously, uh, Johnny Sauter didn't win the truck race, but he won the two segments, and he's still in the st- still in it. Yeah. So it paid off for him to be aggressive them first couple segments, and he you know and you know it, it pays off. So I like it. I I am definitely spot on. I mean, we took the lead in the Xfinity race, and I'm like, <clears throat> man, we're not getting a point for this. That sucks. And then we're leading the most laps. And I'm like, man, we're not getting a point for this. This sucks. But then you go back and look, and it's like, man, we got we accumulated all these points. We accumulated two playoff points. We accumulated 20 bonus points. We're third in points, and we wrecked. So we had a good enough yeah. effort. But we you got, earned that. We, we got we got paid. I mean, so it yeah. was it was it was awesome, and I think it changed a lot of the strategies. I mean, we just talked about the fuel strategy that, that the teams are doing on Sunday. It, it changed a lot. So I, I think we're yeah. going to see this play out for the fans and for the drivers. I mean. We saw three and four wide coming to lap 60 for the, the Daytona 500. We wouldn't necessarily have seen that if they weren't those points weren't on the line. And, look, you got to remember, at smaller tracks, they're not going to be able to peel off and pit. Right. It's not going to be an option. But places like Pocono, the road courses and stuff, yeah. indeed, you're going to be able to do it. But not, you know, when we go to a mile and a half in the regular <clears throat> majority of the schedule, they're not going to be able to do that. But I – I liked it, man. It it made guys it made guys go after it more. We had less we had less riding around. We had guys knowing it was going to matter to get up there. So I I think it'll be good as we go forward. My question is for y'all, you and Josh, they stopped for the end of these segments. Were, were the interviews good? Was the timing good? Did it make less commercials during the race for the fans? I. I don't think the interviews were any. Did they interview the drivers in the cars when yes. they were? Yeah, <coughs> and the crew chiefs. Yeah, I would I mean, know that because I won a stage and heard my guy answer questions. Two. Yeah, my guy. Two stages. stages. Yeah. I, I didn't know that because <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. I was going to win a stage. Yes, I was going to win a stage yesterday, but um, yeah, yeah. we were. It was less. We com- I thought it was less commercials. Yeah. You were <laughs> missing a hood. But but was it good for the? I mean, was it a good experience? A viewing experience? Um, when I was watching the 500, it was a good viewing experience, mainly because. Most of the commercial breaks, they had the side-by-side, so they still had the race on right. versus okay. just having all commercial. Well, that's good. Okay. Yeah. I um, think it's good anytime you can interview a driver in the middle of the race, like when right. you can get to them and you can you can find out more of what's in their heads at the time. Yeah. I think it's I think that's a, a plus. Yeah. Kristen, you're still running the show. Oh. 
I thought you wanted my <clears> opinion. I'm just kidding. I thought you already gave it. I did. Did you Brought even up. watch the Daytona 500? I did. I watched it at the bar. Oh. Went to Bad oh, Daddy's. Oh, that answers that. <laughs> Bad Daddy's? I wrote, we rode our bikes to the bar and we watched the 500. Yeah. It was good. You watched No, that's why I was like texting your, Josh. I was like, hey, like your Elliot's Harley leading or? the Daytona 500. <laughs> you rode your Harley to the bar or the? Bicycle. Oh. Yeah. We have Sunday Funday bikes. You guys don't get Sunday Funday. Every day is Sunday Funday for me. Oh, God. Spot on, spot off. Closing pit road prior to the end of the stage, Brett. I don't I don't like this. I'm spot no. off on it. I feel like the point of segments was to shake it up, and there's no reason to, to do that. I mean, if we're at a Pocono, we're at a Sears Point, we're at a Daytona, we're at a Talladega, and, and you're running 11th, you can pit – not get lapped and open up a lot of opportunities for the next stage. So I, I don't, I don't see the point in closing pit road when what we're trying to create is is that craziness. Like I, I feel mm-hmm. like we're limited. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. You know, uh, other places it's not going to matter. I mean, whether it's closed or open, they're not going to pit. You're going to yeah, lose a lap. There's five tracks that matters. Well, you know, honestly, they probably do need to close it because if you don't close it when you're coming around to take the when you're coming around to take the checker in that stage, people are going to hit it. They should be able to. Yeah, but that thing, then everyone's just going to do it, and everyone's going to do the same the top thing. Top ten won't do it. <clears throat> They're going to take their points. I don't know, man. It's interesting. It could go either way. I'm not real sure. Spot on, spot <laughs> off. Monster <laughs> Energy Car wins the Daytona 500. Kurt Busch. That's you. Next. <laughs> you could say two words. Yay. That's one word. I mean, this is great, man. I mean, Monster Energy has come in. They've brought 50 hot women. Did you see those chicks walking around the garage? Okay, I did see that. Oh, my God. They're naked in public. It's phenomenal. Anyway, back to – I'm sorry. I got sidetracked. Monster Energy, Carl Wednesday, 2500. Spot off. Kurt Busch is a great plate racer. Surprised. He never won one of these things, TJ. I mean, this guy's run second a lot. We've seen him lead a lot of laps. I had no idea in 30-plus starts this would have been his first one. Here's the really cool thing about this, though. Two years ago, he was suspended from the Daytona 500. That wasn't that long ago. Here, this is a great comeback story. This guy comes back, ends up he's at that time affiliated with some lunatic who has since had federal charges put against her. (laughs) Yeah. Which kind of discredits her an original claim. And I'm not getting into whether he did or didn't do anything. But what a comeback story for a guy that couldn't, wasn't allowed to run the damn race two years ago to come back and win it. Yeah, Kurt, I'm surprised he hasn't won one. <clears throat> He's usually in the ballpark, but just never able to break through. Um, so, you know, it's good to see Kurt do good. And, and uh, you know, it, it is a good story. It's always a good story when you get a first-time winner. I just hope they bring that many girls every week. Spot on, spot off. The five-minute clock. Mm, girls. What did you say? <laughs> the five-minute clock. The five-minute clock? I don't need that long. Oh, um. <laughs> there we go. Um, you know, I hate that we were a casualty of it, but it, it did take away. There were less cars out there that were wrecked going around. It did take – I mean, it's going to save us money in the long run, too. We would have cut the whole front end of that car and put a new one on it and had to replace all that stuff. Um, I think, uh, I don't know, it's a learning, and I'm sure they're going to adjust it a little bit, but uh, I'm leaning, I'm a little bit leaning towards it so far. I am spot off on this, and the reason I'm spot off is we don't see the clock. They didn't tell us. 
we don't how see long the, we had. We with don't Elliot's see car. the yeah. clock. I, the spotter doesn't see the clock. The crew chief doesn't see the clock. The driver doesn't see the clock. If I'm playing basketball, I have a 24 second shot, shot clock, clock that I can see. If I'm the quarterback of an NFL team, I know what when I when I have to hike the ball. I am right now the shot clock. I am right now the five-minute clock. Well, guess what? Brett is unofficial. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if my five minutes is close, not close. And then when we leave pit road, the clock stops. It suspends itself. And then when we re-enter pit road, it starts over. So you're tasking me with the unofficial time that I don't have the ability to know if I'm on or not. So if you're going to have this rule, have something in place that gives us the telemetry of it so that we don't screw it up because it's just not fair to not know the official time. It was ridiculous. We had two officials in the one pit box, like slapping the side of our pit box, yelling at Kevin to use his head. And we're all like, no one is telling us how much time we have. Our car chief, Tyler's like, how much time do we have? And they weren't even relaying that to anyone in our pit box. And what we as spotters are doing is we're on channel two, Telling the crew chief four minutes, three minutes, thirty seconds. We're also having to predict how long it's going to take us to get from our pit rock, pit box to the end of pit road. So I'm spot off on this solely because there is no five minute clock. It's it's theoretical. And when you look at Daytona, when eight cars wreck at the same time, how in the hell can they police that? Unless it's official on our crew chief's monitor or on our fan vision, we're in a really, really, really yeah. big pickle. We need to see what they see. Yeah. I mean, we do. We need to know what they see with their timer. We need to see it. I mean, there's the official timer. We should see it. Do if you so, can, I don't know how you can implement this and not give us the tool to say this is the live clock. Agreed. I mean, I will say most of the time we know whether it's going to be fixable or not in five minutes. But, you know, sometimes there will be times when it gets close and you need to know your time. Yeah. They should be able to look at it and, you know, okay, look, you got one minute, 30 seconds. Can you get it done? Yeah. No, there's something. There is a bolt broke. I'm not getting it We're out We're done. There. Yeah. yeah. Right. So. But we, uh, it shouldn't be that hard to, you know, even uh, even if you could just look at the broadcast on the TV or something, they can see that. Even yeah. you can see a clock right there or something. You know, they got timing and scoring, and they know how many laps are in the race. They should be able to stick a timer next to the car on pit road. We got a message prior to the race. <clears throat> Actually, TJ delivered the message to me. It wasn't directly to me, but it basically was an official of NASCAR saying to us, hey, spotters, make sure you take stopwatches. Well, that's fine and dandy, but are you going to go off on of my stopwatch? Because that's all I yeah. got. You know, oh, you guys missed it. You're three seconds too late. Yeah, well, I was a little slow hitting the button you like, know what? by three minutes Not, not or on the watch you told me to take. So, uh, again, give us something official. That's all yeah. I'm asking for. Question. Once you go back, once you take your car into the garage, you're done, correct? Yes. No. Well, no. unless it's mechanical. Yeah, like you're fixing like a like – a Transmission <clears throat> gear, yeah. line or something. Yeah, something like that. That's just that you – something – if you're in a wreck and taken into the garage, you're done. Let me just yeah. take two seconds to explain it to you. So if we're in a wreck, if, mm -hmm. if if you hit the wall in Atlanta and you keep going, you're not on the five-minute clock. Okay, if you keep going and you maintain minimum speed, you're not on the clock at all. So when the yellow comes out, you can come sit on pit road for 20 minutes. It doesn't matter. Okay. Okay. Yeah. If you're in a wreck, if you're in an incident, you brush the wall and you immediately come down pit road to fix the damage, you're on the five-minute clock. Yeah. You have five minutes to get back out there. When you get back out there and you run minimum speed, it resets the clock. You're no longer on it. So if the yellow comes out again and you come down pit road, you once again have unlimited time to work on your car. Okay. So I think that's the easiest way for hopefully you and everybody else to understand is that's that's what the five minute of the clock plus do. If you have body damage and you go behind the wall like Dale Jr. did yesterday, it's over. Your race is done. If you have a mechanical issue like Josh was referencing, a gear, a transmission, or whatever yeah. – then you're able if to If you're go leaking transmission fluid, it. you bring the yellow out, you coast in the pit and coast into the garage, you can fix that and come back out. 
I'm going to say this, though. I'm really concerned at places like Daytona for that five-minute clock because yesterday we had an incident with David Reagan who hit the wall and he did not bring out the yellow, and he goes and sits on pit road for five minutes. I'm concerned for the pit crew guys that don't have an outside retaining wall on pit road that are underneath that car and on that car working on it. If all hell breaks loose and they wreck and they go toward pit road under green like that, I just hate those crew guys being exposed. I, I feel like that's something that needs to be addressed. Yeah, that, there's a few places like that, and especially where we run in packs like that, but you never know when somebody's going to spin out Atlanta. Texas, Texas, Atlanta. Somebody can spin out off a of four. I've always been nervous in qualifying at them places just because they can slide down through there. Yeah. Charlotte, you know, when they do yeah. that, uh, you never know, man. When you look at Michigan, <clears throat> when you look at Pocono, you look at Bristol, Martinsville, the pit crews have that outside wall protecting them when they go over the wall to do their job. Some of these tracks, like Talladega and the ones TJ just said, don't. So I'm concerned about the – we we used to it, we would go behind the wall and fix our car. Everybody was safe. Well, now we're not doing that. we got five minutes to sit on pit road. That's a big risk, I think. I was confused because they interviewed Danica in the garage, and she said um, she was hoping her guys could make some good adjustments, and then they could go back out. And I thought mm. she was done. Yeah. All right. We are going to take a break before Fastlane. At One Main Financial, we believe in the importance of community. That means partnering with our neighbors to reach common goals, lending a hand when it matters most, and commitment to our neighborhoods. Community isn't just where you are. It's where you make a difference. One Main Financial, not just in the neighborhood, but part of your community. Providing personal loan solutions and one-on-one local service. One Main Financial, your needs, your goals, your dreams. Offer subject to restrictions and requirements of the licensee. For licensing information, visit our website or call us. Fastlane is up, guys. I'm going to give you each a topic to debate, and I'm going to alternate who responds first. You're each going to get 30 seconds to voice your opinion, and then whoever responded first is going to get a rebuttal. You ready? Do we have a dinger this week? We have a dinger. The dinger. TJ, you're going first. Okay. Daytona turned out to be a wreck fest for all three series. How do you fix that, or can you fix it? I don't think you fix it. I think it's just a product of the offseason, rookies, everybody antsy to race again. Um, Just uh, sometimes we have a – it's not the first time we've had wreck fest at Daytona. It happens, you know, then we'll go and have a good year, then everything will be fine. We'll come back, won't change anything, it'll be a bad year. It's just part of it and how it goes. This one tore up a lot of equipment. The question is how do you fix it, not should you fix it. The trucks, their bumpers need to line up. They need to be square in the front and square in the back. You can't have the least experienced drivers where when they touch each other, it automatically wrecks them. The Xfinity Series, if you got hit in the back, that low rear downforce package we were running made the rear of the car shoot up. We saw the 22 wreck somebody. We saw the 2 wreck us. We saw the 24 wreck somebody. The Cup Series, how do we stop it? There's two or three drivers that were out there just wreaking havoc, man. So I think you just got to get those two or three guys out of the race. <laughs> yeah, there was two or three that were involved in quite a bit of stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's just part of it, man. You know, guys got to learn. Sometimes you got more patient guys that come in. Sometimes you don't. And, but when you do have cup guys making a – you know, experienced guys making more mistakes, it's, it is it is a little more – makes you wonder a little bit more. But I just think it's part of it. Team Ford seemed to work well together across all three series this past weekend, taking home wins in the Xfinity and the Cup Series. What did they have that the other manufacturers didn't, or were they just in the right place at the right time? Brett? Definitely in the right place at the right time. They won two out of three big races. I'm going to tell you what I think they had that everybody else did, and I think it's motor. I think their motors were strong. I mean, we were around RCR and some guys in the, in the cut race yesterday, and I think we were out motoring some of them guys. 
Yeah, I just think right place, right time. I don't think there's any special formula for this. We we saw guys that were supposed to be really strong struggle to get up there. We didn't see the dominant race by Brad, Joey, and Denny and Dale Jr. that we normally see. Um, I think uh, I think just you know it was hard to do, and even across all series, it it was hard to get up there. So I just think they were right place, right time. I said last week Ford had the advantage going into the race. I don't know if y'all remember that, but you go back to last week's show. Ford had the advantage going into Daytona, and they they pulled it off. Two out of three. Doug Gates horsepower, big part of that. Does NASCAR need more two day shows, TJ? Um, I would say probably, but I haven't really been involved in enough of them yet to really know if it's gonna you know people that like to go to the races if it's gonna if they're gonna disapprove of it more. Um, you know, some people like to go to them races on Friday. They like to make a long weekend out of it in camp. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not 100% sure yet. Yes, we need more two-day shows. We got seven two-day shows that are going to be added to the schedule this year. Uh, I, I look at Daytona, and I look at the Thursday night crowd, pitiful. I look at the Friday night truck crowd, pitiful. Saturday, slammed. Sunday, slammed. Like, take those two days, blow it out. And obviously Daytona is an exception to what I'm saying, but in general, I think two-day shows get people more excited. Yeah, it's hard to judge it off of Daytona, though. I mean, you got three series running, too, so it's hard to <clears throat> hard to make a basis off that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't think two-day shows are bad. Um, I think it might be – I might be the wave of the future, and it might make the racing more um, – you know, just might make it more not so drug out. Yeah. I mean, look, dude, if I'm a fan, and I know we're, we're – going over on our time here but if i'm a fan i should get to see qualifying in the race you know what i mean like pocono is going to roll out this really cool schedule where on race day you're going to be able to watch the cars qualify and then watch them race man that's what we all did short track racing growing up you know we went to the track saturday morning we stayed there all freaking day we raced that night you practiced you qualified you did your driver's meeting and so i think this is an opportunity to change the culture a little bit and, and again i mean We've got to what, – what worries me is we go to a place like Phoenix and there are 100,000 RVs sitting out there and we run a truck race and nobody's in there watching. If I run that damn racetrack, I'm going to go out in that parking lot and I'm going to say, Kristen, why are you at your RV at the racetrack and not in the racetrack watching this race? There's a reason. I don't know what it is, but you got to figure it out. If you're a track promoter, get out from behind your computer, walk out in the campground and ask them, why are you not in the racetrack? Watch, they're going to go to the big show. But what do you got to do to get them in these other shows? And I think a two-day schedule allows us to get to for those people to be able to afford that. Well, it's one less ticket you probably have to buy. Yeah, two. So a lot of people make Times it four. Late. Yeah. So if you yeah. have your family. Yeah. So sure. Elliot Sadler and Johnny Sauter both won their first two stages of the races and got great bonus points for the championship. Were you surprised to see multiple stage winners in the Cup race, Brett? Yeah, I mean, I, I was surprised to see multiple stage winners. To, to TJ's point a few minutes ago, we typically have three or four guys that are really good at taking the lead in the cup race and managing the lead, and it is Brad Kazlowski, Joy Logano. I think Chase Elliott had the best car yesterday, just watching how he maneuvered traffic, but I, I was surprised to see multiple stage winners. Yeah, I was uh, – <clears throat> I, I kind of thought the same thing. I thought somebody, you know, some guys would get dominant, but they, they weren't. They were able to get up there and get runs on them, and, and everybody was kind of able to flex some muscle a little bit. And, and, and you know, even – it could have been anybody. So uh, I was a little surprised. I thought we would see some dominant. I thought we could get up front maybe or the 11. It would be hard to get back around them, but it didn't – we kept swapping it yeah. quite a bit. So 
there's going to be a big emphasis on this. Tony Stewart came on our radio yesterday and said, Clint, you need to try to get bonus points. And Clint said, I'm not worried about bonus points. This is the Daytona 500. Tony then said, Sadler yet led both segments yesterday, wrecked, DNF'd, and left here third in points. We got to be thinking bonus points already. So there is an emphasis being put on it. It's going to create a lot of excitement. Uh, but to your point, I'm still surprised. Elliott led both segments in the, in the Xfinity race. I was kind of expecting the same thing in the cup race. didn't happen. The off-the-wall topic, if you could pick one driver in NASCAR to be in a boy band, who would that driver be and why, oh. TJ? 110% Jamie McMurray. <laughs> why? <laughs> he just looks it already. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> you know, one medium shirt and, uh, you know, I think – Schmedium? Yeah, one schmedium and he's in, man. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> can you not – you could sub him into the Backstreet Boys right now. Right now. Right now. I don't think Jamie can dance. I didn't say he could dance. I'm just saying he just fit. He looks the part. Yeah. I I don't know. He can he can somewhat dance. <clears throat> I I mean I've seen him dance in Cabo uh, before. I'm I'm gonna actually lean on TJ's recommendation because he looks like he knows a lot about the entertainment business. And uh-huh. I'm gonna say we make a duo and we put Landon Castle with him <laughs> because Landon has his own swag. <clears throat> you know he wears the, he wears the skinny jeans. But can he sing or even act like he can dance either? Jamie's at least got some energy. Yeah. Plan is more like, hello, it's me. Adele? You know, yeah. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> what? he doesn't have that energy. Jamie looks like he's had, you know, 12, 12 uh, kickstarts. Yeah. You know, and he's ready to go. Ready to do Did it. Did you see his heart rate? Yeah. That's crazy. It's like a, I mean, yeah, like he's ready. Running, it's like you're on a marathon. Yeah. Heart rate 150. <clears throat> Have you minute. ever looked at yours? I started looking at mine a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Mine got, your, up to, mine got up to 87, um, and I don't know what it did when we crashed because I didn't go back and look. But mine, that's 80, the highest it got? 87 when the, in the, you know, when we're taking the lead. I don't know if you got to do that this week. In the, yeah, I was leading the 500. <laughs> you did my favorite thing this weekend multiple times. What? One back, two back, quarterback, quarterback. halfback. <laughs> What, who you got? It's hypnotizing. What, what, what boy band do you have, Kristen? Oh, man. What driver? Yeah. That's funny about Jamie McMurray. Um, what are you, am I wrong? No. No. Everyone else is kind of like dad-ish. I mean, Clint would be a country singer. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who's a rapper? Denny? Yeah. Uh, Denny or like Blaney? Yeah. Blaney's heavy metal-ish, though. Yeah, him and Bubba's Ryan Blaney? A, yeah, him and him He's and, not, uh, yeah, he doesn't fit the boy band. He's got great deal. hair. That guy's got great <laughs> hair. Landon's like a female, uh, a male Adele, Adele or whatever. Yeah. I think Michael Waltrip would like to be in a boy band. He's too tall. Yeah, he's too old, <laughs> he's too. too. Come tall. on, man. You got to do the better. The Backstreet Boys are all K- pushing Casey 50. Casey Kane could have been in New Kids on the Block 10 years ago. Casey if he, maybe if he would talk. Yeah. But he's real shy. Yeah. So Kyle Larson could be in a boy band. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, maybe. What about weekend? the uh, dinger? There's oh god almighty! <laughs> he would he would crash the band, Josh. He would crash the whole stage. <laughs> My favorite thing about Kyle Larson is when he does he says like Asian jokes on Twitter. I love that. <laughs> I mean, we can he can do that. He's Asian. I'm right. looking at this list and like, I'm I'm sitting here there's, thinking there's this guy on Twitter that makes fun. He's a white guy. Obviously, he's like things that white people do. You know, like yeah. it's just, I love I love that kind of stuff. that humor to me is awesome. Yeah, I think we've not. <clears throat> I think we've got most of them there. I mean, I. <laughs> the Dylan boys? They could do a duo. Austin and Ty? Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Stunning, All right. Yeah. So, producer, producer, producer Amish Josh has chosen a few hashtag ask DBC questions off of the Twitter. 
We're going to start with Plumber Daver one who asks, is the 500's aggressive racing result of stages or first race adrenaline? Both to me. People want to win the Daytona 500 and the, and you just the stages. Say the Daytona 500? The Daytona 500. Okay. So, uh, to me, it's both. You got guys who want bonus points, and you got guys that want to win the race. So, and you got guys that want to go four wide, and you got guys that want to hit each other. And yeah, you got race tires like, that don't want to stay on wheels. Uh, yeah, they got lap sixty. Let's wreck, buddy. Come on, let's go. Okay. Yeah, let's get this over with. Yeah, I'm a TJ. At Torna Ten asks, was Jamie McMurray aggressive or reckless, according to the other drivers? Uh, I'm not sure what other drivers were saying. I think I was more – I think I was in an airplane at the time. But to me, watching it, a little of both. Like, we don't need to go four wide. Mm-hmm. We, we know we, we <clears throat> know who the aggressive drivers are before the race starts. He hung us early. And I, to me, he was he was aggressive. Actually, Dell Jr. came on our radio and started hollering at me about him. He's like, his potter's a – his potter's a effing moron. Yeah. Because we were pushing Kyle – and Jamie came out there and started pushing us. Yeah. That usually wrecks the car in the middle. Right. So he was screaming about that. And honestly, that's something that we all know that you can't do. you got to know better than that. Like, you got to know the car in front of you is on the car in front of him. That's the huge – like, that's the main thing. I, I actually didn't do it for a lap, and he was like, are you going to effing spot? I'm like, okay, yeah. buddy. Well, he's clear by one in front of him. Yeah. So push. And, and it's, that sucks for us, man, because you got to spot the back. <clears throat> you got to spot the front. I mean, you, you, you hear what we do. I mean, it's – Yeah. He's on him. He's not on him. He's half car length off of him. I mean, it, but it, it's big, though. It's huge in your lane if you can help guys and push and stuff. So, um, but I do feel like I do feel like Jamie was both of that a little bit. I mean, we four wides, four wides not aggressive, four wides reckless. Yeah, I don't Jamie care misjudged a move down the back stretch when he hooked Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott got very lucky because he hit another car and that car corrected him and pointed him forward. Jamie just misjudged that. So I think a lot of fans are pissed. I haven't off even seen that yet. I think a lot of fans are pissed off that their driver got wrecked in that deal. And and Jamie didn't do that on purpose. So I mean that that was an accident, and that's what plate racing is, you know. At James Wagner, TW asks, all things considered, should the clash be run in the day or the night, Saturday or Sunday? I thoroughly enjoyed a Sunday morning clash. I'm not going to lie. I think it's a reason to come out to the track Sunday. You come watch the clash, you go watch your guy qualify, make a day of it. I think run it during the day. And again. Even Saturday. I'm fine with Saturday. I think speed week should be speed week. I think we should start on Tuesday and go to Sunday and, and not go two days, take three days off, go four days. Like, I, I think we should start. I mean, there's, there's a short track down in Florida called New Smyrna, and they raced every freaking day for 10 days. And it was super late models. It was modifieds. I mean, it was something yeah. nonstop. And I think that's fun. And, and I would prefer to see us get on the track on Tuesday and practice, you know, run the clash Wednesday during the day, run the duels on Thursday during the day. Like, let's just keep racing once we get there. Yeah, I kind of like it being two weeks, so I kind of like it with one little break in there. I like going and doing the clash with all the guys. You should take all the fastest guys from last year and put them in a little race. You should put them in there, have a little race. But it's cool because people go from track to track. Like, people will be like, all right, I'm leaving the big track, going to the little track. And I think it's cool to have that option. And, you know, you got some people that come home. Like, I came home. You know, a handful of people came home. Some stay down there and go racing. They like to go. It gives them a... To me, it gives them guys a break to go and do, like, if they love short track racing, it gives them an opportunity to go there and check that yeah. stuff out. Volusia's there. They do dirt track. I mean, it's yeah. great. It's great. I like speed weeks, so I, but I don't. I do think the duel should be back in the day, and I think the clash should be Saturday or Sunday before qualifying. Yeah. The only thing that scares me about Sunday before qualifying is if it is raining, you got to fit two things in there. You know, if you got Saturday, you got all Saturday 
Saturday night and then Sunday morning still. So, yeah. to me, maybe we just run the Clash on Saturday. I may be dumb, but I always said I really wish we would go and put the Clash on TV if we're going to run it on a separate weekend the day of the Super Bowl and run it at 12 o'clock because people are already ready to drink and party and they're mm-hmm. already at bars and, and run it like that day at noon and then the next weekend do your Daytona 500 right after the Super Bowl, but nobody listens to me. <laughs> at Timbo Slice asked, why did they run up top so long and not try to form a bottom line? Um, we were moving up because Dell Jr., it was smoother up there, and it was uh, it was easier. You didn't have to put as much wheel into it off the corner, and they were they were there were some handling issues, and it was easier when you come uh when you come off the the bottom off of four, you, it, the, it gets real tight. You have to put a lot of wheel to the car, and when you got a little wheel in the car, when it straightens out, if you don't have that wheel out of it, then there's an opportunity for the car to snap on you. So that's why everybody was moving up. It's just easier handling, um, the wider radius, less turning the car, just makes it easier. Yeah, I'm a TJ. I mean it. It just comes down to strategy, you know, and it, and it comes. A lot of guys made a lot of mistakes in the fact that they they wrecked out. You know, it's up to the driver, it's up to the spotter, and to some degree, it's up to the crew chief to formulate a strategy to finish the damn race. And we didn't do that. You know, Dell Jr. didn't do that because of circumstance. We didn't do that because we opted to be in the middle of four wide going into three, and, and, and we didn't make it four wide, but nonetheless, people around us did, and we wrecked out. So it took away our chance to win the race. Uh, and, and when you when you get up there and ride single file, you eliminate uh, the the you don't eliminate it, but you reduce the risk for wrecking. And and there's a there's that's a good thing when you're running a 500 mile race. I think uh, I think a lot of fans though had questions on the fuel mileage. Right. And so if you're running the high line, you're obviously Long running way the around. longer way around the track. Right. So and what did Jeff Gordon you? say about that? I heard that that was he was very surprised that they weren't running the low line. Yeah. If there were fuel concerns. Yeah. And, and there's two things to that. Number one, it's the length. Number two, I felt like and Elliot felt like when you're running the top that late in the race you're more more vulnerable to lose the lead because they can form a lot of things underneath you easier than they can outside of you, you know. So I was I was surprised, again, just watching the replays when I got home last night, they weren't on the bottom for both those reasons. Yeah, more more people get hung on the <clears> – more people get hung um, on, you know, I would rather have somebody get inside of me than I would outside of me. Yeah. Because when they're on the inside, you know how the inside line is, they go down that yellow line, they're basically pinned there. Yeah. And they're at your mercy. When you got the outside – it just seems to keep it rolling better, and it's easier to get. It's easier to. Dell Jr. said you could get a better run off of turn two on the high side. Well, Dell Jr. was running turn two differently than everybody else too. He well, he was painting the wall. Most guys were half a car width off the yeah. wall. Late, late exit. Dell Jr. was still up against the wall like he will at Atlanta yeah. this week. He and I, I kept. Telling we were Clint, we were telling Chase that as well. He's like, tell Chase to get up here, man. You get a better run. I was telling Clint, hey, look, watch what this ADH doing off too, because he's getting a better run. I'll bet Dell Jr. was running turn two completely different than anybody else was. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. He was running that race. I saw things that I really liked. We just told everybody else that now. So. <laughs> well, it Sorry wouldn't matter. Uh, he was running that race <laughs> exactly how I would have wanted him to run. He was setting himself up to be in good position, yeah. um, and he knew a lot of things. He was very comfortable with the car, yeah. and that's good for him, you know, to be like that. So yeah. I was really excited for the end that didn't happen. Yeah. You guys have anything to rant about today? Um, Mine was the five-minute clock. Was it? Mm-hmm. I kind of want – I don't like the – I was thinking about the, after the Xfinity race there. They need to really – we either need to just be able to push – or not push. Yeah. Like, um, like no, nothing against Elliot, but he's figured that out. Yeah. He knows how to push for a quarter track at a time, and he'll knock that guy away to the lead, and that guy goes to the bottom, then guess what? Elliot's leading. Yeah. 
Like, why doesn't everyone, anyone else do this? Yeah. Like, I, I don't – because, number one, he doesn't get in trouble. Yeah. No one ever yells at him. Number two, like, it, it gets the lead. He gets up there. He gets track position. Yeah. Meanwhile, we're all about there. Get off him, get off him, get off him. You know, and then we either need to be able to just push and do it and go. Which yeah. I think we should just be able to push. Uh, it's gotten harder with this rules package. I mean – But it still works. Pushing, it, oh, it still works. It still works in cup. It's just – it's gotten harder. My rant is uh, – media based there was an article in a finance paper last week that that basically blasted the health of our sport right that had facts from seven years ago and and the article was written as a news article when in reality a lot of it was opinion uh i think that's bs i mean when you watch the president get so mad at, at liberal news media and fake news and 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 all these people go well he shouldn't refuse this to the press and that to the press like i I was kind of in line with him, actually thinking that. And then I see this article come out where Roger Penske wasn't quoted, where Joe Gibbs wasn't quoted, where Rick Hendrick wasn't quoted. And, and some of those guys were reached out to and gave their opinion. And you you elected to not put it in the article, the other side of it. Um, and, and they basically said our sport is not healthy. Uh, hey, guy, let me tell you something. Joy Logano just signed a yeah. seven-year contract. That's yeah. a big deal. Uh, we just signed – a new sponsor. That's a big deal. You know, when you when you look at the Daytona 500, 101,500 people were at that race. The day before, there yeah. were 100,000 people when you count the infield. So, Where's your article about that? Where is that part of it? Yeah. Man? So I'm a very biased uh, article, and, and I feel like this guy almost had a personal vendetta against Brian France. There's a lot of things about Brian France that you certainly can state for fact. But it appeared to me this guy was just trying to attack him, you know, and then trying to take a shot at our sport. And, and the, the sad thing about that is, you know, we got CFOs and CEOs who, reading who, who read that. Mm-hmm. And then they go, wow, is this true? Which puts Kristen and, and me and Josh, you know, in a position where we have to refute it and we have to be able to say, you know, actually it's not true and here's reasons why. Uh, and, and But the good news is we have billionaires uh, who are very successful people, Rick Hendrick, Roger Penske, again, that are that are supporting the sport and, and saying, hey, that, that this is why they're wrong. You know, so Rick Hendrick isn't able to employ 550 people because this sport sucks. He's able to employ 550 people because we attract enough corporate sponsorship to be able to run our business. So talk to that guy and ask mm-hmm. him if he thinks it sucks because it's not sucking for him at all. Talk to Gene Haas. Yeah. Ask him if he thinks it sucks. He just won the day throwing 500. Yeah, he's probably not even up yet. One million. <laughs> no, he probably hasn't went to bed yet. No. This guy won millions of dollars yesterday. How did he win it off of, off of you know, and not people, to ma- fans? Let's not even just – not to mention he won a lot of money yesterday, but he also won the biggest race in America. Yes, in the world. So, <clears throat> yeah, so he yeah. won the Daytona 500. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, it would be nice for people to be like, oh, look, sponsors are getting back involved in NASCAR. Where's your article about that? Yeah. So, yeah, I agree with you. From somehow, I agree with him. I love, I love the media. I mean, I got a lot of friends in the media. They all do a tremendous job, work their guts out. Uh, I feel like sometimes opinions and, and there's bias and there's agendas, and, and this is one of those times where I just don't agree with the way it was presented and, and a lot of the stuff that was in there, especially when a guy like Joe Gibbs says, I was called, I gave quotes, none of them were used. Dude, this guy's a Super Bowl champion. He's a Daytona 500 champion. He's freaking Joe Gibbs, and you didn't include him in your article? Why not? Because you had an agenda. That's bullshit. Yeah, I'll roll with you on that. We're going to his house. Let's go. What's his name? <laughs> we, can, we can pull him up. 
We'll could yeah. yeah it was you wasn't it in we'll the wall street it. journal or something or you yeah. wall street journal finance yeah. section yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get his phone number and we'll tweet that it's Dell jr's phone number let's blow him up <laughs> let's do it how do we bring him off the hook yeah josh get on that yeah josh i'm just josh use that technology josh got talk. there in leicester all Giant right casket. so tj josh, uh, won today. the dbc picks with yeah. his brendan gone pick dude i beat 11th, you with yes uh this weekend <laughs> let that sink in i beat you with brendan gone <laughs> That sucks. <laughs> it's off to a good year. I love people with names like that. Is Brendan gone? He gone. Nope. Have you known Johanna Long? <laughs> I love that. So dumb. <laughs> Is there any other good ones? TJ, start your pick because no, I, I actually pick second. I, I gotta go first. Yeah. I'm just telling you to be thinking. Get your about. straight. Kristen. There's this other person I was told about this week named uh, Helen Waite. You ever heard of her? <laughs> so if somebody's complaining, they say go find Helen Waite. Yeah. Oh, Go I to hell and wait. I get it. like puns. I hate puns. I do too. Uh, Atlanta. Oh, man. You got bro. I know. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in behind. I think it's the first time I've ever been behind. You don't like to play catch up, man. You're gonna. He's going to shoot high here. No. Don't get too on uh, your high horse you here. You pick, sucked uh, last year. You should pick Carl Edwards. <laughs> I'm not going to shoot high at all. I'm Carl Edwards. He's a freebie. <laughs> I feel like that's a lock. Um, I think the strongest mile and a half guy last year was Chase Elliott. <clears throat> I really do. And wow, I, and you're going to use I, him I, up? I didn't say Chase Elliott. I oh. said I feel like he was the best mile-and-a-half guy. But we we got a whole new rules package that none of us know nothing about. Taking a Stuart Haas guy would be the biggest gamble because they've switched manufacturers, don't know a lot about their bodies in terms of having them actually on the racetrack. So you got to look at your, your, your strengths here, which is probably Kevin Harvick, but he's <laughs> in that Stuart Haas realm. So mm. – uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here. We got 25 weeks left. Mm-hmm. And Casey Kane's got to go. It's go time. I got oh, Casey Kane. Oh, you son of a. That was going to be my pick. Sorry, man. <clears throat> I got ESP in, and I knew Shit. that. Cause so. it, well, that was his last win, too. So, And he's been he's had a lot of top tens in the last year, and he came off. It, yeah. He ran good in the 500, ran good in these finish, so he's carrying a little momentum. He's got to go, too. So, man, son of a gun. Man. You know, I'm going to take uh, – I'll take Ty Dillon. World record timing World right record. there. I'll take Ty. Ty Dillon. Ty Dillon. Awesome Casey show today, King. guys. I got to go. Why? You got to pee, don't you? Yeah. He looks like he has to pee. <laughs> do. He does. I got to pee so bad I got cold chills. And he got a shower, man. I did shower this morning. You smell like campfire. Uh, holla. Good show. Thanks to One May Financial. Peace. Bye. Kristen, good to see you. Josh. Bye, Brett. Bye, Brett. See you. You've been listening to Door Bumper Clear, brought to you by One Main. For updates on Elliott Sadler and the number one junior motorsports team, go to OneMainRacing.com. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. 